You heard in the gospel story this morning uh, that Jesus said, do you love me? Uh, the 148th session of Senate, um, the theme was there's more to the story. And that's what I want to share with you, uh, you today. And I promise you that uh, if I go beyond eight minutes, if someone holds up their hand, then I'll be finished. Uh, so on day one of Senate, in attendance, there were 90 clergy and 175 lay and youth. Senate began on Thursday, May 23rd, and at 1 p.m. there was a call to order and prayer for Senate. At 1.30, there was an opening Eucharist and the, uh, the bishop's charge. Uh, in the bishop's charge, Archbishop Ron told us that the first line of the story draws us to something enthralling and takes us to a place never imagined. What about these first lines, he said? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth, or the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, or in the beginning was the Word. These words introduce our story, story of creation, sacrificial love of relationships, of sin and redemption, the story of hope. God's love is our story. The story we tell matters. It has the potential to change the world. How we tell the story influences how we act. Local expressions of church need to respond to change. The story of God is a story, is a part of a bigger story of relationships. We formally enter this relationship through baptism. And that relationship is sustained in the Eucharist here every Sunday. The church is the agent of the transformation. Each member of the church, each of us, needs to explore what is God calling us to do. It is a matter of releasing the ministry of all God's people. The bishop said the bus is moving. You can get on or you can get off, but don't stand in front of the bus. Change is coming, whether we like it or not. The bishop further went on to say the Holy Spirit does not lead us in a straight line. God created chaos. Creation arose out of chaos. People are dealing with change. What people want is authenticity. People in our communities, they don't want dumbed down, simplistic reflections in the midst of great change and great challenges in our lives. People want to see us practice what we say and to see us living in the hope of God who is present in the midst of good times and bad times. And the bishop quoted the Game of Thrones, the last episode, there is nothing more powerful in the world than a good story. Nothing can stop it. No enemy can defeat it. Following the bishop's charge, there were, uh, there were nine resolutions passed uh, through, through the morning, and, and most of them were administrative stuff like, like uh, loyalty to the queen and, and, and greetings, etc. One resolution to amend Canon 16, the budget canon, with regard to a lot of them was defeated. That was a good thing because uh, 
that would have had some uh, serious implications for uh, for planning and uh, for allotment in the diocese. Following the resolutions and and, and that stuff, uh, we were we were blessed with a keynote speaker. Her name is is Jenny Salisbury. Uh, Salisbury. She gave a theme talk on stories and storytellers. Jenny is a lifelong Anglian and a Toronto-based theater artist and educator. She holds an MA in text and performance and is currently pursuing a PhD. She shared with us that we are all storytellers. And she told us there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story. She was a very dynamic uh, and motivational speaker. She said that, that don't forget that our story is a story, the resurrection story. Day one closed with a with a sung compline compliance service. Uh, on day two, uh, day two began an opening prayer and there were presentations on the Primates World Relief and Development Fund. Following that, uh, our keynote speaker Jenny taught, gave her second block of, 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 her, of her theme. And she, she talked about thinking about her insoluble hunger for stories. We has a large appetite or desire for stories. And she said there are three different ways we can think about the world. One is by an authority, by someone who has power or right to give orders. The second way can we think about the world is observation. And the third way is through relationships. And what she told us is that you can't understand the world without telling a story there isn't a center to the world, but a story. And knowledge and storytelling are like a ginger root. And those of you that understand gardening understand what a ginger root is. It's a root system, is a rhizome. It continuously grows horizontally, and it puts out lateral shoots and adventurous roots. And that's, and that's the analogy she used to tell us about story. Following Jenny's second block of, 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 of talk, we, we did a bunch of resolutions. Uh, there was one resolution to amend Canon 16 withdrawn, and that was a good thing too, because that would have had serious implications for particularly our smaller parishes and what they pay in allotment. So that was withdrawn. Uh, resolution 7, 7 to amend Canon 16, though, uh, the budget was to propose initial allotment was carried. That, that amendment could be a, is a positive thing for 2020 for St. Peter's because I think it's going to mean we have to give the diocese less of our money. Following that, there were a, a, a group of presentations from Mother's Union, Anglian Church Women, and Environmental Network. And following that, there was a presentation of clergy anniversary certificates, one of which uh, Father Elliott gave to our, our priest, Dennis Walsh, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Then, then there were presentations of youth and family ministry, Anglican Church women, board, and the vital church maritimes. Following those presentations was another resolution regarding Anglican Consultative Council on Human Trafficking. And that carried you know, I was amazed at how much issue human trafficking is in Canada. Uh, but we learned, we learned a lot about it. Then there was a presentation by Melody Del, Delbot. She, she works in the National Church as a reconciliation animator. Um, then there were greetings and reflections by the ecumenical visitors. I think they were Roman Catholic and I don't know, maybe Lutheran, I might have been United. Then following that, there was resolutions to amend 
10 and 25, which had to do with appointment, transfer, and assignment of, of stipendary clergy. And at the end of the day, we all went to the cathedral for uh, the uh, service at the cathedral church of all saints. On day three, Saturday morning, started with opening prayer, and then uh, Jenny uh, Salisbury did the third block of her, um, her, 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 her keynote talk. And what she told us is there's, there's something satisfying about tragedy. The, the ending is certain. Is certainty. But that is the wrong story for today. God is calling us to live. God calls us not to stay in the tomb. We're Easter people. So uh, Jenny, at the end of her talk, used uh, a quote from LeVar Burton. I don't know if you know who LeVar Burton is, but LeVar Burton is an American actor, and he's in Star Trek, The Next Generation. And what, what he said, there's a firm link between that which we imagine and, that's what, and that which we create. The stories we tell each other, the stories that we have told each other throughout the history of humanity's development determine how we continue to invent the world in which we live. Following Jenny's third uh, presentation, we, we did uh, we had a presentation from a man from financial management on the priorities for the diocese over the next five years. And then there were another group of resolutions that were passed relating to Sunday school exemption, appointments committee, and allotment. Then there was a presentation of the diaconal ministry by, by one of the deacons. And then the, the, there was a resolution on global climate emergency and it carried unanimously. And, and uh, whether or, not, whether or not Donald Trump believes it or not, that we, we discovered that there is a major uh, global climate emergency. Uh, following that, we did a ratification of elections for the provincial senate, and, and we elected a youth delegate, or ratified the youth delegate for the Allison Council. And then following that, there were presentations on the growth for ministry fund. That, that, that fund, I learned, that, that could be a good thing if St. If our parish, St. Peter's, agrees to do some missional activities in our community, there's some dollars there that we may be able to get as a, as a grant. And then following that, there was a more mission school slideshow. And then at the end of the day three, there was a closing worship and a commissioning. We were commissioned, Cheryl and I and Father Elliot were commissioned to go and tell our story. Uh, go out and train and tell everybody you meet. There is always more to the story, especially of the story of God's love for the world. And thank you, and may God continue to bless every one of you. Here it goes. Picture a Holy Eucharist for over 265 people. That was the first order of the day, following the housekeeping business of the meeting. The chosen theme for the 148th Synod was stories. It is said, everyone has a story, told and untold. 
The idea was to review and rehear God's story of love, relationship of sin and redemption, and hope in a divine kingdom of justice and peace. Uh, thank you. <laughs> the bishop uh, is pictured there, and the stage was decorated with many beautiful handmade quilts, and each had a story behind them, I'm sure, and we were invited to view them over the three-day period. And as a delegate, I was assigned to sit at, uh, we were all assigned to sit at tables of eight. At my table, I was fortunate to sit with Elliot and Ted Johnson, plus five others from the parishes around the province. And do any of you question the purpose and the reason for a synod gathering? Well, one reason I heard was to forward, res to forward resolutions to resolve situations and improve church rules and regulations. Another, to consider the life of the diocese of Nova Scotia and PEI, to review what we're doing in the Anglican church and look at what we might or should be doing. And so that's my, next we heard the bishop and he gave his charge, so please, there. Uh, well, that was Jenny, but I, I like to show you the, the quilts because they were sort of, instead of the altar cloths, the traditional, it just seemed like they were taking the place, right? And they were taking the place of the traditional altar cloths and people were, I bet we're pleased to see that. Anyway, later we'll talk about Jenny. The Archbishop gave his charge. He reported there are 94 parishes in the diocese, 38 with part-time rectors. He also conducted one deconsecration this year and expects there'll be six more in 2019. He informed us many parishes are finding it necessary to focus on institutional survival and less on missional work. This situation needs to be addressed, of course. He also gave a short bio about the theme speaker, Janie Salisbury, who will be giving a three-part presentation. I didn't know it then, but we were in for a treat, and in my opinion, the highlight of the three-day event. Each day was balanced with speakers, resolutions, discussions, and hymn singing. I, I did enjoy the hymn singing, with the 200 plus voices all around me. Although the meeting was formal, I felt we were in a relaxed position. Yeah, there was, all the people were singing it, just fantastic. Heidi, I wish you were there. <laughs> and I will mention a few presentations that were given because I learned something particularly from these. Uh, the PWRDF executive director Will Postma gave a presentation of projects completed and continuing, such as support to the women of Kenya who practice midwifery, placing medical toolkits in strategic locations, and helping women practicing conservation agriculture to become independent farmers. I was very surprised to learn that Canada is a destination for human trafficking and slavery. There are more examples of slavery in the world today than at any other point in history. I learned this from a slideshow presentation given by Emily Pelly from Dalhousie University. 
Emily explores issues of human trafficking and slavery in Canada and the scale of the infrequently discussed problem, further questioning how it can be prevented. Another item of interest to me was a talk given by the reconciliation animator, Melanie Delva, concerning reconciliation between the indigenous and non-indigenous persons and communities. Reconciliation not just about the dollar settlement we hear about, but a new covenant between the people, with the people. In my opinion, each presentation was much a continuation of God's work. Each day, Jenny Salisbury, the keynote speaker, regaled us with her stories. She described herself as a lifelong Anglican, theater artist, and scholar. We heard stories of her personal experiences and about environmental issues, which I think was her number one interest. She explained why we tell stories to children about monsters, not to scare them, but to show them how monsters can be conquered. Each day, her interesting topos, topics gave us much food for thought. An exercise we did with Jenny was she asked thought-provoking questions of us, and we were given a time to discuss it at our table. She did this each day, and it proved to be interesting and revealing. Her final session was 90 minutes long. She was so dramatic and dynamic and included much delegate participation, made the time fly by. Now, there were resolutions. There were 21 resolutions, 20 passed, following some discussion and clarification. And uh, there you may read the details of that online because I can't do that. Part of the agenda was to honor members of the Synod's past, and that list included Harry Churchill and Fred Haley. Long service certificates were given out, and Dennis Walsh was so honored for his 50 years ordination anniversary. Since the theme was stories, the Synod was looking for good news stories. The one I remember, besides Dennis's 50 years celebration, is about the Peggy's Cove Church. It was in decline, and only five members, they decided to open it up six days a week for tourist viewing. The first year, they had 2,000 people. Year two, they had 4,000 people, and the last 6,000, that was last year. The synod organizers can correctly claim a successful three-day session of the 148th synod, Resolutions were passed, friendships renewed, and new contacts made. I encourage you to read the Synod report online, especially the Bishop's Charge, to learn of the goals and challenges we face in the Anglican Church. Remember the good news story I mentioned about the Church of Peggy's Cove? Well, can you imagine that someday St. Peter's opens the door six days a week to people who want to view a beautiful, quaint little country church in the city? I can, to share worship, fellowship, and stories with so many other Anglicans at Synod was indeed an honor, and I did appreciate the opportunity to participate and provide this report. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>